This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 288. Welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I am your host, Riley Bowman, joined today by Matthew Marister. And boy, we've got an exciting episode today. Yeah, man. I'm, I've been really looking forward to this all week. I say exciting, and I think also somewhat controversial, I, at least I think for some of our listeners, because just because I, I, I think I know our audience, Matthew, I think overall I think our audience is going to appreciate the interview that we're going to have here in just a few minutes. Uh, in fact, I know that, but I, I do think that just just because once again, knowing kind of what what our, what our community is like, I think there's going to be some that are going to hear some things today, and they're going to be like, ah, I don't know if I you know really agree with that or not, or yeah. some, some people might actually be really like, I don't agree with that at all, and you know, what? yeah, and I think that's great. Yeah, totally. I, I think that's totally awesome because uh, whenever you get lockstep in a in a concept and it's dogmatic and you don't question anything or you know then 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 you're not growing and so yeah it's totally normal to question somebody but the difference is you question what they say or whatever is controversial right and you go look it up and you research it and you find hey maybe I agree maybe I don't agree um, but you know as long as you keep from like the personal attacks and and because we get that, you know, as gun owners, we get personal attack instead of attacking the root cause. And so as long as, you know, we learn and, and we present different topics, it's it's a, it's a win. And, and I think uh, everybody's really going to enjoy it. Yeah, man. I agree. And we'll introduce uh, it's, today's interview or today's episode is an interview. And we'll introduce our guest here in just a minute. <clears throat> I know we're kind of holding. Uh, well, if you saw the episode title, you obviously know who it is. <laughs> so I guess I might as well say Maj Ture of uh, Black Guns Matter, and uh, I'm super excited because I've talked with Maj a number of times, and I think he's a really fascinating individual, uh, but but first, let's let's just tell you real quick, today's episode wouldn't happen if we didn't have support of you, our podcast listeners, and you can really support us just by giving our sponsors a look, or products, or whatever it is that we mentioned on the show, right? So today's episode, made possible... And sponsored by our coverage. I know this sounds really silly, right? But but you know, just just hear me out and give us a little bit of love during Shot Show Week and check out this page, concealedcarry.com forward slash shot show, and follow our coverage at Shot Show for the week of Shot. Um, next next it starts next week, and really coverage for us starts on Sunday with a special event at Sig Sauer. Uh, Monday we have the the range day version, you know, event of shot show, um, that happens Monday and it will be a lot of coverage that comes out of that. Now, some, you have to realize that there's going to be so much content that we can't possibly release everything as, you know, the day of that we get it, but we'll try to release those things that are like the most exciting or most interesting products, uh, as quickly as we can, you know, hopefully the day of maybe the next day, but our video guy our, and our whole team is going to be working very hard and very fast to get this content to you as quickly as possible. And, that, and that's really the key. Matthew, we're going out there with, we're going to have, well, just straight up concealedcarry.com team members. Like, like actually from our company, <clears throat> there's going to be seven of us. The biggest entourage of, you know, of people from our team at SHOT Show. You're going to be there for the first time working with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have Mitch, our social media manager. We're going to have uh, uh, Josh, 
And he's been there, you know, pretty much every year. But uh, Josh, our, our managing editor of our, all of our editorial work on ConcealedCarry.com, uh, Jacob, of course, myself will be there. Uh, we've got uh, we got Rob Beckman, who is is one of our instructors out in Ohio, not too far from Matthew. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll be there helping us out, uh, giving us, a, you know, lending us a hand. Uh, I feel like I'm missing somebody. Corey, of course, is our video guy. So, I mean, big, big, big team as far as that goes. But also, we, beyond that, we have Annette Evans, who's working as a contributor for us uh, during the week of show. Uh, she's back for the second year. We've got Amy and Emily from the Not Your Average Gun Girls podcast. They're going to be doing stuff and especially podcasting while they're there as well. So, really, there's like 10 or so of us, all from ConcealedCarry.com. And we would just appreciate if you just take a minute, stop in every once in a while, go to concealedcarry.com forward slash shot show and send us some love and let us know you appreciate all. There's a lot of effort going into bringing you the coverage from shot show 2019. So for sure. Yeah. Uh, Next up today, if you could do me a favor and go check out two products, maybe you have it already. If you do well, consider, you know, buying one of these for, uh, for a friend or a family member, or maybe you don't have them yet. All right. So here's the deal. Go to concealedcarry.com forward slash CHD and check out our complete home defense course. And we don't really, you know, do a lot of discounting at concealedcarry.com or even on the podcast necessarily, but tell you what, uh, unauthorized from Jacob, but I'll, I'll ask for forgiveness, I suppose. Um, so I'm going to throw out there a 10% off coupon code for complete home defense, uh, go pick up a copy today. You know, you know what? Actually, you know what, Matthew? I'm feeling really generous. 20% off. How about that? And if you're a Guardian Nation member, you're going to save an extra 10%. 20% okay. off complete home defense uh, video course. All right? You can, you can get either the DVD version. You can get the digital version, whichever you want. Uh, but go to concealedcarry.com forward slash CHD and pick up a copy today. Secondly, American Gun Law. ConcealedCarry.com forward slash AGL, and we'll do the same thing there. 20% off coupon code. Oh, I didn't mention what the coupon codes are, so I'll I'll give that here in just a moment. Uh, 20% off either American Gun Law, fantastically produced, uh, legal-focused DVD course and video course that we did together with a well-respected attorney, uh, Doug Richards, who represents people on uh, firearm-related charges and cases. Um, he's, he's told us some really interesting stories about some of his clients that he's represented, you know, that have gotten totally hosed, Matthew, um, you know, because of some little mistake. Or in some cases, people just accuse other people of stuff that didn't actually happen. And right. he gets these people off. You know, I'm not saying like he, like, I, that sounds like a really bad thing, right? Like gets people off. I mean, like legitimate cases where people, they need good legal representation to avoid making a situation that either didn't happen in the first place or wasn't as bad as it actually, as the, as the prosecutor makes it seem and, you know, gets a fair and reasonable case and settlement for those individuals involved. He's a very talented attorney and we were honored to do that American gun law course. And it, by the way, it's got a little bit different focus and flavor from the work that we do together with, uh, uh, with Andrew Branca over at law of self-defense, little bit different focus, little bit different flavor. So if you haven't checked out American gun law, you're going to want to check it out today. Go to concealedcarry.com forward slash AGL. And again, the link for, for complete home defense, concealedcarry.com forward slash CHD. So coupon code, 20% off either one of those video products. It will be, how about this? Podcast 20. 
We've done podcast 10 for 10% off stuff in the past. Uh, podcast 20, only available for these two products, okay? It's not going to work on anything else. So podcast 20, 20% off, either one of those products. And yeah, follow us at SHOT Show. YouTube, Killer Facebook. deal, man. Yeah, there you go, man. Right? So hopefully Jacob doesn't get too mad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that, uh, let's introduce our, our guest. We'll bring him on here in just a moment, but Maj Ture of Black Guns Matter. Uh, I really appreciate the work that Maj is doing over there. And, and the big thing, the, the, the key here is that his movement, his organization is all about educating people that, frankly, are of a demographic that just, I mean, they, the education is, the, I mean, first of all, all of us, we need education, right? Uh, we're constantly preaching that on the Concealed Carry podcast. Like, I still need to get more training and more education. I'm constantly trying to learn and study and become better myself in my knowledge and in my skills as it relates to shooting and the use of self-defense. J- or Matthew, I know you are as well. Jacob, of course, same boat. Like, we're all trying to get better. But historically, in in urban communities across America, Gun education is not something that really happens. Would you agree, Matthew? Yeah, totally. And, and, you know, it might be because a lot of the big metropolitan cities traditionally have very stringent gun laws. So the, 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 you know, the culture isn't there to begin with, really. Not that it's, it it totally exists non-existent, but it's not as prolific as, you know, middle America. The cities are just, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a different, um, you know, there's more restrictions on type uh, on yep. gun ownership. And yep. so I think, um, it's just, it's, it's more of a barrier to get into those types of markets. If you look at it strictly as a, as a, you know, marketing, uh, where you would target, uh, it's just a difficult market well, to get into. Here's, here's another aspect in a lot of, uh, urban areas, uh, there's not as much access to mm-hmm. good, you know, good firearm ranges and good firearm trainers. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, like, that's another aspect, too. I mean, you look at New York City, right? Like, there's, like, one or I think there's really just, like, one range. Maybe there's two. I don't know. There's, like, one or two or maybe three. I know it's not more than three. Uh, there, There's, like, there's just a couple of ranges for a city that has eight, nine, ten million people, whatever it is, you know, millions of people. There's, like, a couple of ranges, gun ranges, mm-hmm. right? Like, you have to go way outside that to find a, a, a good gun range and a reputable trainer, All right. right? So that, that would be another thing that I'd point out, that there just isn't as many opportunities for people in urban America to get the training that really is, is needed. And so anyway, Maj Ture at Black Guns Matter is doing an excellent job of trying to bring education to the masses in these urban communities, especially amongst the black communities, because obviously, you know, he, 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 that's, that's his community. And that's a really important thing. And I appreciate what he's doing. Uh, and so let's bring him on. So yeah, here you go. Tell us about black guns matter. I suspect that there's some in our audience that, uh, maybe they've heard of it. Maybe they know a lot about it, but, uh, you know, in case someone doesn't know too much about your movement and your organization, uh, give us a little intro. Yeah, Black Guns Matter, we're a firearm safety and a conflict resolution organization. What we do is we the bottom, you know, we we entry level. We go to the places where the homicides are at, which is normally places that has, you know, high levels of gun control. Chicago, Detroit, you know, uh, Compton, 
uh, Philly, you know, wherever it is, high murders and high um, violation of human the human rights, self-defense. That's where we go because they go hand in hand. So we just, you know, go to urban America. You know, we give these free classes across the country. Those classes are made free based on everybody's donation. Um, we just go across the country to the places that kind of have been left out of the fight or ignored. And, and usually that's hoods across America. And that doesn't mean, you know, it just got to be a, like a, a metropolis. It could be like, you know, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, New Orleans, places that um, they need this information. But because they're high pocket, high urban areas, you know, some of our politicians over the last few decades have decided that the Second Amendment isn't for us. You know, so we go to those places and put fresh blood and give those demographics understanding of this. This fight is for you. This is the reason why it's important. And um, that's what we do. We've been doing it for the last, um, I'm going to say, about three years now. Nice, man. I, and I've been following you. You know, I think the first time I met you in person was, I want to say the NRA show like two years ago, man. Which I think was the first time you were there as well. Yep, in Atlanta, and I was so green. Yep, same. I thought same. everybody was like going to be like nice, and everybody worked together. Nah, over the last three, I'm jaded now. It's like <laughs> I've met the uh, what you call you know how when you they call uh, alcoholics call it the moment of clarity. Yeah, like in that moment when you're coming down and you're like, man, like it was, I'm at that space now. But um, but then it was, I mean, it's still great people in the community. Don't get me wrong. But um, but yeah, that was that. That was in Atlanta. I almost got into a fight down there too. I remember that. Like at the yeah, show one... or outside of the show? No, in on the floor. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely not like one single mindset of gun owners. People think you know it's like you're either in this camp or that camp, and everybody's brainwashed to think the same thing. But people have their own opinions on stuff, you know. Yeah. No matter where you come from, it's a it's a weird dynamic because I I'm cool with um people having different opinions. What I'm dis what I'm finding is people because you know um because we have these different opinions, I'm still seeing some areas of progress where we can communicate those opinions and still figure out outside of where we disagree, where do we agree? You know what I mean? Um, you know, I we can disagree about um, you know, uh which which what what level of felon should have their rights restored. We can, but do you at least agree that this is a human right, you know, and are, are we, which, which areas can we find common ground on? That's the thing that I think in the last two and a half years or so, three years, that's the thing that I'm, I'm noticing that's missing. We, because we're such technical guys, especially the gun guys, you know, and I'm not a gun guy. I'm a freedom guy. Um, because they're so smart, because to know a lot about guns, you got to be really like, you got to study. You know what I mean? Um, because they're so smart, they think they know the answer to everything. And uh, and then it's you know we guys testosterone machismo false ego all of that's like bundled up in there. The beautiful thing about it is I I don't see we still with all of that we're still some of the safest most responsible dudes that I've and women that I've ever seen on the planet at all. I mean obviously because we got rockets on us, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um but yeah it, it it's an interesting dynamic and that that's what I think my our next year will be is just like with the gun guys and it's not really the women in my experience it's mostly the guys. Um, just getting just getting guys to, you know, kind of like, OK, you know a lot, but you don't know this and figuring out how we can merge those worlds. Yeah, I definitely understand that uh, mindset. You know, we that's we, the thing, you know, guys that like guns, we also tend to be, 
alpha males. alpha males, right? You know, so like that that's a that's a tough thing sometimes to uh, kind of get through to the, to the head, you know, on uh, common sense and even on just simple safety rules. Like we, I, I've I've tried to teach guys that would tell you they know everything there is to know, but then at the same time, you know, they're keeping their finger on the trigger when it shouldn't be there and stuff. Or just the fact that there's a hundred different sets of the four rules. Some some of them is yep. like six rules, some of them is eight rules, you know. So that was the beauty of you know the work that we're doing. We can get fresh minds and they could get convoluted later. But right now we just get them on the path. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's how we get, like I said, get that new blood in there. But yeah, them alpha males and ego, then it's like it's like a bevy of new hot chicks running around. And so you you gotta like well, they think they gotta like put that front on, you know. So it's it's interesting to watch. But um yeah, I, I I wouldn't change it for the world though. I'd rather I'd rather argue with you guys. You, you and I'm talking about you, gun guy. Mm-hmm. I'd rather argue with y'all in private and have y'all next to me at war than any king body else on the planet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I and I think that's sort of a, a an inevitable evolution of any you know any group of you know people that have different opinions on on a topic. So like I think back in the day there was kind of almost a singular thought about firearm ownership is like, you know, old dudes with 1911s that live out in the country. Right. And and so like, as it's progressed out of just, you know, target shooting or or, or a pastime into self-defense and how it ties into your, everything you do as far as your freedoms and everything, I think you start getting different people that are in the gun community for different Mm -hmm. reasons. And so Mm -hmm. they start clashing and, uh, and and there's like a growing pains, I think. And the more we get it out there and talk to amongst one another and say, dude, like we might disagree, but we agree on these things. Like you said, I think, um, you know, we, we kind of do ourselves a disservice. Yeah. And the other side, step back and watch this. I've done this before. Like the reason why we've made such progress in a short period of time, I, I'm just applying street shit to this community. I've seen the. There's been times where you'll be like, I know that the plug and the, the distributor and the the guy on the corner, his boss, is having an issue. You just watch and wait, you know, and then that'll. I want that corner. I don't even have to fire a shot. I just wait for them to have it all the way out, and I might actually put a battery in somebody back to make them. Man, I think he's taking a little bit off the top you know, or so forth and so on. That's what the other side is doing to us. I've seen this a thousand times before. Yeah. Oh, is gun of America is better than FPC. FPC is better than, you know, the NRA is da, da, da. Meanwhile, the opposition is licking their wounds because they still feel in some type of way that they feel like they lost this presidency. Don't ever forget that. So they some way licking their wounds and they're very well funded. And what what I do know about them, they got a gang of lies, but because they all know that they lying a lot or they don't have certain facts, they get on code real quick to, you know, to present. Look, as soon as they took the house a couple of weeks ago, bam, onslaught, onslaught, Feinstein, 200 of these guns is not going to be available to citizens if we get this through. Meanwhile, we arguing about a bump stop <laughs> and who, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they, they have better PR. Um, yeah. They have a better um, understanding of diversity. And we, sh- we need to take a page out of their book. They they argue with passion. We don't, because most of us kind of lean like more conservative or leave me alone. I'll leave you alone. We don't say what we actually want. They say exactly what we want. And what they want is your guns. 
You know what I'm saying? So I mean, it's it's interesting to watch. Yeah. We still we ain't gonna lose if I I mean if I got anything to do with it, but it's just interesting to watch. So I try not to get caught up in it too much. Yeah, you got it there. Now we got a question from Aaron. He's wondering about your hoodie, man. Uh, tell us about the hoodie yeah. you got on there. All gun control is racist. You know, man, that, that's one of my favorite uh, uh, phrases, you know, especially you've been making some apparel with that on there. And I, I love that concept, right? Because I, I think it's completely 100% true. It is. Historically, it, too. Historically, every single piece of gun, major gun control legislation in the entire country has been based in race. All of it. All of it. And that's like... Uh, you know, everything else is a subsidiary of like racism, inco- racism incorporated when it comes to guns. What what more? So at a certain point, all of America was, you know, constitutional carry. Right. Then obviously I, I'm from America. I was born in America, born in Philly, the birthplace of America. So but yeah, I'm man. still a black man. So, you know, I have a, a unique perspective that doesn't give me an advantage point. It doesn't give me a lesser vantage point. It just gives me a different perspective. One of those perspectives being. When the Constitution and the Bill of Rights was written and all of that other type of vibe, you know, there was also conversations about are we going to enslave humans? So there's a, there's a contradiction when, you know, a founding father says uh, life, liberty and the pursuit of, you know, well, it was property. But then it was, you know, they got that out of there. It was like the pursuit of happiness. But the point is, when they were writing that, there's contradictions there. But you have to at least be able to recognize the contradiction, acknowledge it, but not be limited by it. You know, so. Boom, fast forward, slavery happens, you know, black people in America, natives to this land as well, um, fight for their liberation. They get their liberation. And then right after that, boom, the first gun law, black people can't have them. That is the origin of gun control in this country. Fast forward a few hundred years. Now they've, uh, it's like how they dropped crack in the hood. It initially was for one community. But then it starts to spread. So now everybody's getting damaged by this particular thing. It's the same thing. That's why I be telling my white homies like, yo, for a while that gun control thing was, you know, just specifically for us. But now it's spread. It doesn't change the origin of what it was. It was designed to make people of color not have the means to defend themselves. You know, um, whether that's I mean, you could jump all over the map with a timeline. You could go. All right. Why was the gun control act pushed through? You know what I mean? That was pushed through because. Oh, these Italian mobsters in Chicago. The G-men has to has to have different firepower to stop them. That's what that came from. So all of those immigrants, those Italian people were used for that. You know, the origin being black people. We just was kind of beating these black people up for some time. We don't want them to have the means to defend themselves. That's what it is. Now, if it they put a nice little makeup on it now and make it look like it's about safety. But we, we have data. John Lott has done tremendous work. And showing the data that more gun control means more crime. So it can't be about safety. You know, if you want back down to 91, that was about prison industrial complex with the, you know, the uh, gun control. What is it? The gun free zone thing. Mm-hmm. But then over 90 percent of mass shootings start happening over the last 30 years in gun free zones. So it's not about safety. It's rooted in racism. It's, and, and it's spawned into a very anti-freedom, tyrannical uh, movement to convince people to vote in their own disinterest. 
Yeah, I think once you put a group in charge of making a moral judgment on who deserves to have certain rights, it's always going to lead to some sort of tyrannical or some sort of power-hungry grab. And, and like you said, now it's just about power. I mean, it is not about safety. It's about power and control over yep. uh, over the people because they want to they want to keep that control. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's an evolving thing. It's a monster, man. Racism does, it always evolves. You know what I mean? It's got like little cousins, like classism. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, you can't afford this, so don't go over there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's fun. I'm not affected by it anymore because I'm, I'm, you know, knowledge itself and knowledge in general gives you a, I understand the insecurities of a person that has to keep trying to fight for power. They already don't feel powerful. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I can recognize it and laugh at it. That's why sometimes like when a grand people be like, yo, how you make fun of certain things? Because I'm past that matrix of it having control over me. You know what I'm saying? But I'm aware that most of the people that I'm around, it definitely affects their life. You know what I mean, it's, I know guys that feel bad that they felons and carrying a gun to, to save their life if they need it. You shouldn't feel bad about that at all. The reality is the concept of putting a scarlet letter on somebody from the gate for the thing that these frameworks, these documents said is an, a, is a birthright. It's a natural right. You know what I'm saying? So how you calling me a felon if I paid my debt to society? You keeping me in like, what, what, what a Michael Vick? You ain't gonna let me get the job because I, I did the, the dog fight thing? You know, so those guys feel bad because their mind is still, you know, in that box. And that's why our work um, primarily is trying to, get, is making sure that Urban America, more specifically, but not limited to, yep. um, gets that that mental shift. Like, yo, you have a natural right. They've just been tricking people for a long time. You have a natural right to defend yourself with the most effective means of uh, of self defense. Now, what happens to be firearms? In two hundred years from now, it might be laser guns. I'm gonna have laser guns. You know what I'm saying? And so, just getting people's mind wrapped around that concept by using. Uh, the frameworks of this place, you know, has been a very uh, impactful tool. That's why they're trying to take civics out of school for that reason specifically. Mm. Man, fascinating stuff. Um, and I, I'm with you, bro, because uh, I mean, so yeah, you talked about how the history of gun control really like started with controlling, uh, you know, African American, the black population, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now it's all just all about control, right? And it's really them versus all the rest of us. I mean, I I look at you, man. Like you and I, we are two completely different people, right? I grew up in Idaho, man. Do you even know where Idaho is? I hope you yeah, do. Potatoes, yeah, potatoes. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You got it. Because one time I asked somebody that and they said, yeah, don't you guys grow a lot of corn? And I'm like, well, we do that's grow a lot the, of that too. Nebraska though. But that's more like Nebraska and Iowa. That's right. So anyway, uh, you know, dude. I'm a white guy. You're a black guy. You know, I grew up in Idaho. You grew up in Philly. Matthew, uh, actually, you did you grow Cleveland. up in Ohio? Yeah, Cleveland. Yeah, area. Cleveland. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, like, I was there a couple a couple months ago. It's a great Cleveland. city, man. Great it city. Is. Yeah. So I mean, but we're all like very, very different. Uh, very, very different perspectives. I mean, for, for one thing, like I don't really see color. Like I don't really care what color people are. Um, mm-hmm. I see like purpose and unity. And we're all on the same team as far as the pro two A side of things, right? You got to start seeing color, though. Let me tell you why I say that. All right. 
you see color as the difference. Like you said, I'm from Philly. My culture and that environment is a little, I'm, I'm an urbanite. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't hunt, like, sure. food. You know, I've hunted people before, you know what I'm saying, for their stuff. But um, it's not. It's not bad to say, like you said, you're a black dude, I'm a white dude. All right, cool. Like, are you on top of that? Are you like a cool black dude or you are like a, a horrible black dude? Are you like a cool white dude or a horrible white sure. dude? By looking at both of them, um, you can respect the potential differences of culture, understand different culture, and still respect the culture. Oh, that's different. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to if you force yourself to only look at or ignore color, right? You might, uh, that's, that's like a slippery slope to that our cultures aren't different. And it is, it's subcultures and different sets and, you know, all of this other thing. I learned that from hip hop. Like hip hop mm. is, is all, is, you know, he, Eminem's ha happens to be white, but he's really good at the culture of hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Vanilla Ice is happens to be white, but he wasn't so great at the culture of hip hop. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so by doing both of them, you don't get the op you don't give your opposition on either side the opportunity to say, "Oh, so you don't see that he's a black dude?" And uh, obviously, you see that but yeah, yeah. in your mind, you're not leading with that as the defining factor of what his his capabilities are going to be or not be. You know, and I re I really appreciate what you just said because like you're really clarifying honestly how I feel, I, and that's really mm -hmm. what I'm what I'm trying to say, right? Like I don't see it as far as like, that's not my number one judgment of, well, mm -hmm. he's black and I'm white. So like, we can't get along. It's not like that at all. It's like, I mean, I recognize, and that's what, I, that's why I led with, uh, you know, dude, you're from Philly. Uh, not even like, like the Philadelphia area, but like you're from Philly, Philly, right? The grimy part. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, it's changing a little bit now because, um, university of Penn is the largest employer in the state of Pennsylvania. That their college is here. Mm. Temple University is, um, you know, over the last 20 some odd years, Temple University has consistently purchased property all throughout my neighborhood where I grew up at. So it's a little bit different now, but you go too far past, it, it still could get a little ugly. You know what I mean? At New Year's Eve, they still letting them rounds off in the air, which is the dumbest thing in the world. <laughs> but it's, but it's again, crazy. culture, yeah, tradition. Yeah. It's still a culture, but it's the culture that's not the most, you know, a tradition that's not steeped in safety. You know what I mean? But so, for example, if I was in y'all town, Idaho, and I was like, yo, it's quiet on New Year's night. Y'all would be like, yeah, we don't, we're not shooting rounds in the air. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's a few a fireworks public. that go off. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then I might call back home and be like, bro, it was quiet as hell on New Year's Eve. <laughs> you know oh, yeah. Saying? There's nothing but potato fields, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was making vodka with the potatoes. <laughs> hey, Maj, I want to come back to one thing that you said, and I think it's important to kind of touch on is when you said um, you can't, you have to see, you know, we don't want to make our differences, the main prior, the main thing, but we have to be able to see them. And I think that's, that's really smart because, um, if we don't see the differences, we have a blind spot to those people in that culture. So I, I equate it to like, uh, women in shooting sports, right? Like uh, traditionally they were a blind spot in, in, in gun ownership. Right. And slowly, um, gun, you know, the, the, the culture has shifted and made more, you know, female friendly stuff and, and got them involved in, in, in all kinds of stuff. And I think, um, traditionally African-American population hasn't been big on 
pro two A stuff, right? It, yes, and, yes, and no. So, so explain that. So, there's a great book that's like the Bible to me, like Negroes in the Gun, and uh, we have a, a strong and long-standing tradition of arms in this country. We fought in ev- the Civil War. We fought in it. Like dudes was in battalions that couldn't even like look at white people. You know what I'm saying? So we have a maybe not in the political realm in that sense, but we have a long and storied tradition with firearms. I mean, we use them to like fight the Klan. You know what I'm saying? Right. So so technically that is two way because it's not, you know, again, it's not government given. But I get what you mean in the sense of like we weren't as open about it and saying, you know, um, Yo, we patriots. You know what I mean? Right. And a patriot is a person that's fighting for their countrymen and their countrywomen against tyranny, whether that tyranny is in the form of, you know, the, the, the white knights running down with trying to burn a cross in your, in your situation, or if it's the ATF coming to take your farmland and you're going to have to, like, take over one of their federal buildings and get a presidential pardon after you get busy. That's still the same level of patriotism, you know? So um, we have had that longstanding tradition. From way back then to, you know, to, you know, um, to the 60s with the Panthers, the original Black Panther Party, to, you know, um, guys just getting, taking their steps to get the license to carry and understand some of those, you know, um, patriotic and human rights principles. You know what I mean? We just didn't have a label for it. You kind of like right. what I was saying, what I said was breaking down what, you know, what you were saying. It's like, oh, that's what's in my head, but I didn't have the wording for it. We was doing it the same way. Every felon that I, that I know that carries a gun because of his environment or her environment, they are exercising their Second Amendment rights. Right. It's just that we've been tricked into thinking that they're not supposed to. And right. That's the problem that the gun community has to let go of that outdated ideology. All of this is a human right that shall not be infringed, as stated in that Second Amendment in the Bill of Rights. Either it is or it ain't. So you don't get to pick and be like, well, that, that guy did go to jail for robbing the bank. Okay, he paid his debt to society. If he didn't, then why is he back on the street? Right. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So it's so yes, 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 it is. But without the um, we might have not had the languaging or the okay of the powers that be because the gun control was racist from the gate. You know what I mean? Right. So 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 maybe uh, if I clarify it a little bit as far as like maybe more recently and associated with the politics involved with with second amendment stuff, right? Like the policies of the democratic party, um, have been traditionally, you know, anti to second amendment stuff, at least recently. Um, so, so what, what's the biggest barrier to getting through like, Hey man, like going into the urban areas where traditionally, you know, th- there's not a big pushback as far as like, hey, let's fight for our individual freedoms. We have these individual freedoms. We deserve these individual freedoms. What's the barrier to get through? It's like almost using the Second Amendment as a vehicle to get into the community and say, look, you guys deserve these these freedoms just like anybody else. And y- you need to start voicing it and get on board with, with, with this. So what's the biggest barrier to that? The biggest barrier to that is the gun community. Their lack of understanding of diversity, their lack of um, this was my whole presentation and shot show is going to be. Um, and these last three years, I've seen the same mistake over and over and over and over and over again. Nevesky was one of my favorite rifles and they put out a gun called the Ghetto Blaster. And I'm like, <laughs> that's dumb. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that name is stupid. You know what I'm saying? And it's like that's like Dove with the commercials or H and M, coolest monkey in the jungle. It's just little things that they do. And I don't know if it's the shock value, but I'll give you a perfect example. Two two years ago, I was at Second Amendment Foundation's uh annual meetings, if that's what you want to call it. And they put all of the black people on one panel that I spoke on. And they, in their mind, thought that that was diversity. That's not diversity. That's putting all of the black people, males and females, on the separate panel. That's what that is. And I said it on the stage. I was like, I know that y'all can't see what you, it's like trying to tell somebody, you know, make up a color that you never heard of and you got to come up with a name for it, but you can't use the names of any colors that you know. So you can't be like purple. You can't go brown and purple. You got to make up a whole new word. It's very difficult to do that. Um, the Second Amendment community, the gun community does that all the time. The next year, Second Amendment Foundation, I was going through something. So, you know, I was fighting not going to jail, so I couldn't go. Um, however, it, they did the same thing again. They put all of the black people on the panel and they not they not applying the information. On top of that, their PR is trash. You know what I mean? People at the NRA I've been told, like, yo, y'all doing the same thing. And that's stupid. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, we are in our, when I say we, because I'm a part of that, you know, just because I haven't gotten through and changed minds on a bigger scale, I'm still a part of it. The Second Amendment community is the biggest problem with the Second Amendment community reaching urban America. Hmm. If I tell you I'm on a 50-state tour and we need instructors, and you have instructors in every city that we're going to, you should, like, be beating down the door to get those instructors to the class. My class would be having, like, four or 500 people in them. Those that's business for the instructors. That's more people in each city going, nah, these gun people ain't just white, racist, rednecks. Nah, I'll be around them. They good money. And then that spreads farther than just me saying it, you know, but we don't be applying the information because we focus so much on the argument and the gun and the semantics. The semantics. And, you know, that's that's been the biggest obstacle in my experience. Yeah. So, uh, Maj, uh you know, I'm sure you. This is not. This is nothing new to you, as far as talking in various forums, uh, doing podcast interviews, being on TV, whatever, and uh, from you know, you know various sources, getting a little bit of pushback. You know, to some of the things that you say, to some, you know, some to you know, even this concept. So, I mean, for instance, we, we talked about this idea of you know all gun control being racist. Um, yeah. And uh, I think there's some people here on, you know, watching live on Facebook that, that would disagree with you or that have, you know, different viewpoints here. And, and, and I just want to say, I want to get I want to get on top of this, guys. Uh, you know, we brought Maj on because Maj is different than us, a lot of us, right? I know we have people listening to the podcast that are, um, you know, that, that, that are... Bubble. What's that? In a bubble. Sure, sure. But but I also know we have people listening to podcasts, to the Concealed Carry podcast, that are are where you are at, Maj. Like I, because I, I get the emails, I see the emails from people uh, that that live in urban America that are black men and black women. So I mean, it's not the vast majority of our listeners, but we I know we have those listeners. I want us to all like elevate ourselves to a different level, okay? Like let's not get tripped over tripped up over what Maj is saying about gun control or racism or whatever. Like it's not I, I like we need to be bigger than that. And, like that's what we brought brought Maj on is like talking about 
you know, the, the big thing, like your little uh, catchphrase or the word, you know, like you've kind of branded this thing, this idea, and I love the idea of being solutionaries, right? Like finding solutions to problems. And there's lots of problems that we can be unified around. The, the, you know, the other side, like you said, they very much want to take all guns away from all of us. All of us. Like we are That's all... the end game. Yes. They don't, they don't want, uh, so were you going to ask me a question about perspective of some of the guys in the, in the, in the chat or something like that? Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, what do you, what do you say to this? I mean, as far as, uh, you know, those guys that, that are calling BS on, you know, some of the stuff that you're saying. So, uh, like, you know, what's your response? Don't believe me. <laughs> Go hop on, I like hop that. on, duck, duck, hop, hop on, duck, duck, go. Thank me later. Notice I didn't say Google. Hop on DuckDuckGo. Search it. Look at yeah. the facts. Look at the data. Virginia, first gun control law, deliberately. Don't let black, I'm paraphrasing, don't let black people have guns. The black codes, the slave laws. This is what happened. That's not me. Fast forward, 30, we, Chicago, trying to ban Saturday night specials because they were inexpensive firearms that people from that demographic could have. Right. That's not Otis McDonald. That's not me saying it. That's not. It's like I mean, it's 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 it. It sounds cool because it's catchy. All gun control is racist. If it is a human right, as every patriot that knows anything about the Bill of Rights, it says it. Bill of Rights. That when you know understand history, the Federalists or the anti-Federalists I always mess it up. But they was like, yeah, this Constitution is cool, but. This Jones is still not clarifying that these are not things given by government. In the hundred years that we get stupid as the founding fathers, if we get stupid, we need to write something else down to remind people. So if this is a human right to defend life, and if you go to jail for murder, whether it's a stab, a shooting, a beating with a bat, why are there extra rules? And if the origin of those rules are we got to make sure that these black people don't have guns, don't believe me. Go research it. The first federal gun grab was wounded knee. That's not me making that up. That's not me saying it for like clickbait. It's what happened. You don't have to be trapped by it or be like, oh, because of that, the gun community is all of those guys are racist. No, I'm saying do your due diligence. Come out of that bubble a bit and understand part of the reason why you're getting uh, you know, less and less freedoms is because no one was calling that out because you thought those guys were on the other side of the track. Not looking at it from a human's perspective, looking at it from, a oh, yeah, this is a human right. It's not just an American right. We just our framework, you know, structured it on a genius level to remind people that this is not to be infringed on. But that is a human and natural right. The guys that wrote that stuff, we're talking about like Thomas Paine. I call him T. Paine. Talking about like. You got to go into those guys like John Locke, you know, I'm talking about all the way back to like Thomas Aquinas. These these people that wrote these philosophies that were paying attention to governments from time immemorial. And if the biggest one, as far as gun control goes, is the first one, which is, yeah, don't let the black people have it. If that's the origin, you have to look at that and you don't have to believe me to do that. I challenge everybody that disagrees with that. Show me where I'm wrong. Show me why I'm making it up. Show me, show, show me what the rules that I'm talking about. Show me how, you know, there's, a, again, racism adapts. It's smart. You know, it can look under like, oh, we're doing this in the guise of safety. I got friends in South Africa right now, today, today, 
There's a town in South Africa that's a white-only town. They're there right now. Right now. This is not like this is not like me making it up. And it's like, you know what, what those people in South Africa, they, which has South Africa has pretty decent um uh access to firearms. But you know, you get looked at even stranger when you're the legal, you know, African gun owner. That is that's what that power does. So to those people that would give me some pushback, I'm saying thank you. That means you even listening which is the first step. But I'm solid on history. You know what I'm saying? I'm solid on the facts of the matter, you know? And I'm also so solid on the data of, I could even ride with you if there were, things were becoming more safe because of more gun control. So either yeah. it's not a human right or gun control is making things safer. Which one is which? And I don't think it's either one of them. It is a human right and gun control is not making things safer. And a cherry on top is the origin and the practices throughout time, you know, sure. in America has shown that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's let's uh, move on to. So I, I do want to touch a little bit about talking about urban America. Right. Yeah. Uh, your mission, your goal, especially with Black Guns Matter, really at the core of it is educating, uh, especially folks in urban America. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, what does urban America need and what are you, what, you know, give us a little bit of the, you know, dive a little bit more into the details as far as like what the day to day looks like as you tour the country and, and, and work on, uh, you know, this mission of education. One, the, the, the clearest answer I could give is it's the same attack in every major city. It's the same attack. We think, cause it's like, oh, Cali's bad. New York's bad. New Jersey's bad. Massachusetts is bad. Texas is bad, and they have historically had a respect for gun culture. They still have the respect for gun culture, but they're trying to make the rest of Texas look like, feel like Austin. You know what I'm saying? And I'm telling y'all, it's everywhere. It's not Oregon. Oregon just introduced a bill trying to get people to only have five rounds in a magazine. Oregon. That's not, that's not Detroit. That's not Atlanta. It's an overall we being flanked. We don't because we stay in our bubbles. We don't see where we getting flanked over there. And that's right. just like playing chess. If I set my, my play up way over there and you're not paying attention to the whole board, the whole map, I could get you because you forget because you focused on this one bubble. So that's the first thing. The other thing is the urban the, the gun community has to recognize that we leave money on the table. But when we ignoring those urban centers, New York City, eight million people. Can you imagine how we could shift the whole state? If all of the, let's say 4 million of those 8 million adults said, or even 2 million was like, you know what? No, we, we are boycotting things. We're not spending our money. We're not going to sporting events until some of these unconstitutional rules, unconstitutional rules change. But because um, we've kind of given up on the urban centers, that's where the highest pockets of population are. You know what I'm saying? And then they use that lack of voting, that lack of energy, that lack of passion, that lack of respect and understanding for the Second Amendment, they use that as the voting block for the rest of the state. Chicago, big city, they use the, the policies or the crime there to determine what should be going on for Chicago. And then even though they might turn a blind eye right outside of Chicago in different parts of Illinois, the precedent is still set. But the biggest thing is, the pushback is, we have to engage urban areas. And I know that you don't know how to do it because you're not from the environment type vibe. You have to link up with people that's from the cloth. I mean, you don't, in certain cultures, you don't understand. I was saying this on the live yesterday. Um, 
in Philly, we say cuz a lot. Like, damn, cuz, come on. Like, you stepping on my shoe. Cuz. You cannot say cuz in Compton. Cuz is a crip word. What's up, cuz? If you say that in Compton, you don't understand the environment. I'm saying when I say, yo, what's popping in Philly? Popping is a is is a blood slang. And you saying the wrong thing because you don't know the language. So it's no different than when I talk to law enforcement officers. I speak the language. Hey, how you doing, officer? Um, yeah, you fit the description. Oh, what was the flash that came over the radio? I'm saying, am I free to go? You know what I mean? Nah, nah, nah. This is whose vehicle? Who's who's whose car is it? Oh, it's nobody's car. This is my vehicle. Language, understanding, culture. These are all concepts. You know what I mean? And then usually they go, okay, they speak the language. I'm out. You know, so um we are going to lose this fight if we don't support the people and the organizations that are doing the work, especially in urban America. There's too many people that are now being conditioned to believe that the Second Amendment isn't doesn't uh, involve them. And the gun community, us, me too, um, has not done enough work to get behind those organizations. We've been spending money on cool guns, and I don't care how many guns you got. If they could convince the politicians, you know, can convince people, changing their hearts and their minds to convince to vote those things out, Okay, you might not comply with turning the, your standard capacity mag in in Jersey, but if you get pulled over and you got the magazine with no rounds in it, if you got that magazine in your actual possession, what happens then is you're now a felon. Yeah, we not we not engage in urban America enough, and that's you know that's that's the that's the one um, the biggest uh, hole that I see in our in our in our uh, in our strategy. Mm. Yeah. You, uh, you're constantly working with, uh, a lot of different instructors. You're looking for instructors to work with you as you tour the country, right? Absolutely. Okay. I, I wonder if we can help you with that. I don't know. We've got uh, quite a few instructors, uh, nation nationwide ourselves. Uh, we don't have all areas covered, but, uh, I don't know. It's something that we'll bring up in a, in a company meeting and we'll, we'll see if that's something we can, uh, you know, help you with and support. Hell yeah. I'm with that. You know what I mean? Ask the next question. I'm going to go grab the charger because I'm, I'm on my phone. So I'm listening to you. But okay. I don't, okay. You know, go ahead. I'm listening. Uh, so kind of the, one of the big questions uh, and kind of recent update from Maj is that, uh, you know, Maj, you've been a, a member of the NRA for uh, a while, right? Years. 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 Okay. So like, that's one thing that might come as come across as a surprise to some people. Right. But um you just did a big announcement on Instagram yesterday live saying that you are not renewing your um, membership with the NRA. And uh, if I understood you correctly, it was kind of because, you know, they've been promising to to help you out with a bunch of stuff for a long time and just aren't really following through on their commitments. Is that right? That, that too. Um, but that's not really the, 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 um, the whole thing to it. Um, I, I'm a believer in, a people doing what they say they're going to do. So for example, hmm. we've raised at this point, maybe like $158,000 to do this work. Our classes are free um, to beginners, but you know, locations, flights, printed materials, car rentals, you know, trying to give the trainers something, um, you know, putting their stuff on their information on flyers, you know, all of that type of stuff costs that we've, at this point, we've done about 70 events across the, across the country all free. So we, we ask people to donate and pay it forward. Right. Um, so 
to have instructors, to have those things. Now, if I said, if I raised all of that money and didn't do what I said I was going to do with it, it would be a problem. So, you know, I think that I've, you know, we've proven our commitment to the work. So when someone says things like, you know, we, we want to do this, you know, I was there in Atlanta when President Trump said the end to your, the, the eight year assault on your second amendment rights has come to a crashing halt. I was in the front row. I was right there. Mm. I had just chopped it up with Donald Trump Jr. Um, I was there. That is not what has been happening. It hasn't. It's not, I mean, other areas, I think the president has done a wonderful job um, cutting red tape, getting some of them jobs, you know, the first step act, all of those things, you know, getting people out. He, he pardoned all of the Bundy cats. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't I can't in no way, shape or form front on that. But when it comes to the Second Amendment, what was presented and what has been done has been the antithesis. Right. So I have a problem with that. And I talked to, you know, high level individuals over at the NRA that have said a bunch of stuff. And it's like, look, man, y'all got stuff going on policy wise that I'm not in alignment with. And um, just like an elected official, I just choose to go. No, nah, I can't re-up. If you're not doing what you're saying you're going to do and if what you campaigned on and it's the opposite, you're hitting me with the 180. I can't hit you with my bread. That's just what it is. And the, the, the unfortunate thing about that is I have, you know, relationships with people over there that I really like. I really like. And I don't know if me saying that is going to make them as individuals not bang with our work anymore. I don't know. But at a certain point, you have to stop and go, nah, man, well, you got to do some course corrections, you know. And if you because you are, let me be clear, the NRA is the largest and biggest and longest running human rights, self-defense, Second Amendment organization in the world, period. They are, you know, I think they do great jobs as far as lobbying. But there's other things that they got behind. I can't rock with that extreme risk protection order. I don't yeah. rock with that. I don't rock with it. Okay, so what is a bump stock? It's mine. Okay, it's a novelty, but it's my novelty. You know what I'm saying? And that does not, I would be cool with that if it was proven that bump stocks or whatever were going to save a gang of lives. And that's not the case. You know what I'm saying? We had a we had an assault rifle ban for however many years. Was there still shooting? Yeah, if I'm the bad guy, I don't care, you know. So I think it's just time for you know for me yeah. to my position to make some of those things said. Now it might rattle a few feathers, you know, but good. Thomas Jefferson said it needs to be an armed revolution like every 19 years or something. And if we ain't at the space <laughs> of 19 year revolution, at least my saying, all right, I'm not going to be a member of the NRA until certain things get changed. That does not me. That's not me saying calling for the screeching end of the NRA. No, that's stupid. I'm saying y'all have to start listening yeah. to the rank and file membership as well. You can't just you can't just tell us what you're doing and then not do it. And then that's no different than any politician that that isn't sticking to that oath to the Constitution. You know, so that's yeah. that's really my take on it. Uh, I think that's really a well-reasoned uh, explanation. <clears throat> I know that you have some relationships with some folks on the board of directors at the NRA. Uh, who over there do you think is really like fighting for for the good cause? I think the the people that are fighting for the cause don't have power. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think that the structure of the NRA having 70 something board members, I can't get 10 friends to come to my house at the same time. <laughs> so to try to get 70 something people to be on the same page that have different interests. Um, Boy, I agree with that. It's like, yeah, it's almost like, you know, I think Willis Lee is a good guy. I would love to see Adam Kraut on the board. Yeah, for I think sure. that they, I, I think that they doing stuff to keep Adam off the board. That's what I think. Mm. I think they're doing, 
stuff to keep people like that off the board because people on the board collectively can make certain power plays. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we could we could rewind back to the, you know, the, the coup of the NRA in the 70s in Cincinnati, not too far from mm-hmm. you know, Cleveland. I'm saying and I said I read a piece in Ammo Land from um, what's the lady now? Marion Hammer down in uh, yep. uh, Florida. Mm-hmm. I read a piece. She was in essence saying in response to a piece that um, Knox wrote, you know, and his pop was instrumental in that in that situation over in Cincinnati. But anyway. In essence, she was saying that, you know, his his son is, just has a grudge, in essence. No, there's actually people saying, like, yo, there's certain things that y'all kind of dropping the ball on. Now, let me make it personal. Last year, we ran into very difficult times at Black Guns Matter. And I bit off more than I can chew. And hoodies like this, we got way too many orders. And at the time, I was making these hoodies myself. You know what I'm saying? Dang, like, dude. On, on the screen. Print, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> And I got way backed up and I had to take all of those hits and I sent people the refunds and still sending the shirts and to do what I said I was going to do. It took me a little a longer, you know what I'm saying? And we got from up under that, you know, however, any criticisms that I got about me being slow during that time was because I was slow during that time. That does not now that doesn't mean you attack me and call me you're a piece of you know, and all of that. But it's like, nah, I have to take some of that and re and, and adjust and course correct, you know? And I think that um, if they're, if I'm willing to do it, you know, and I'm in this fight, I, I've owned and earned the ability based on my work and what we've done. I've earned yeah. the ability to say I'm in this fight. You know what I mean? And if I could do that, they can do that. Now, whether they'll be receptive to that or try to make a political move where they like, do some underhanded stuff. That's a whole nother thing that remains to be seen. But uh, they have the resources to help organizations like us, to help organizations like, you know, whatever, Com2A, you know, um, Pink Pistols, the, uh, different organizations, whoever. My point is we need help from the OGs and we need to all look towards the, you know, the BGs, the baby gangsters, and we can put them on the right path. You know, and the path is freedom. I don't want to be doing this for 20 years. If I've been doing this for 20 years, I'm poverty pimping or I'm freedom pimping. I want to like solve this. Like, can we get the NFA overturned so we don't have to talk about that anymore? <laughs> yeah. W- w- one thing that I really respect that you said that I picked up on is, you know, I, I look on, on social media and it- it- it's almost popular to-, to draw a side on the NRA and just bash personally or for whatever reasons but never the actual reason why you're against the nra it's just like a personal like uh, you you throw a bunch of uh, a junk up against a wall and and you see what sticks but i like the fact that you have a reason and and a method or or a, a purpose behind what you do and i think sometimes you know we look at black guns matter and and it's only you know its main focus is urban areas and that's great and it is but i think if we look at big picture wise, what groups like you, uh, you, you like Black Guns Matter, Pink Pistols, like you mentioned, and, and these other groups, what it does is it puts pressure on the NRA to do what they're supposed to do and self-correct. And I think we're seeing that a little bit with some changes. Um, it, it, they're they're just such a big organization. It's like a huge ship trying to change course. It's yeah. it's a lot harder than a small, you know. So I think what you're doing not only helps urban communities but in a broader picture it's helping to reshape the whole landscape and, and kind of right right the ship a little bit so to speak 
they they the aircraft carrier. We mm-hmm. the, we the speedboats. They can't even dock too close to land because the aircraft carrier gets stuck. It'll get grounded. They got to stay a little bit out, you know, or they got some fighter jets flying over, giving us air support. That's how it's supposed to go. We could get in those spaces, you know, and maneuver. The reason why America has had a rough time in Afghanistan is because they don't know the terrain and they can't move as quickly. That's how we lost in Vietnam. You know what I'm saying? And so you got to have, you know, we we kind of like gorillas. Like we gorilla style. You know what I mean? You can't get threatened by the gorillas if we all on the same army. You got to have speedboats. You got to send SEAL Team 6 in there at night, get them off the boat. Put the boat way, put the put the air, aircraft carrier way over there outside of range. Get SEAL Team Six on that, you know, that dark speedboat at night. Go in, get the dude, do the job, get out of there. You know what I'm saying? And that does not diminish. It can't, a speedboat cannot diminish an aircraft carrier. It cannot. So don't be looking at it as it's a competition. You got to look at it as the, the, the competition is between us and the anti-freedom side. You know, so for me to get up there and I be saying all the time, like, y'all want to attack New War personally. You want to attack. Really, a lot of y'all mad. Y'all attacking him because y'all like he got cool cars or drive cool <laughs> cars. You know what I'm saying? Or got really, really cool guns and stuff like that. Yo, he put a lot of time in. Y'all want to make fun of Wayne LaPierre. Like, yo, it's issues that I agree and disagree with Wayne, but y'all don't understand what, what comes with being the head of any big organization. It's like when people was attacking me, it's like. Do you know how much I'm, I make? I make way more money selling weed. Like, stop. Like, I, this is something that I'm doing because I understand a bigger picture. But if it was about me being selfish, I would be like, I know how to travel very well. Like, it would just be like me and like really hot girls and just like chilling and having drinks. I'm I'm capable of that. But this bigger picture is what's necessary. And uh, so that's why the, the, the ad hominem attacks of somebody's whatever that's that's corny like that no right i respect i respect it's like i disagree with certain things with president trump i respect I, but i respect the office i was in the white house a couple of months ago it's a really nice place you know what i'm saying and it's like all right well i agree with this i disagree with that nuance is being lost on us the ability to debate disagree agree find commonality disagree passionately then still have a drink and we both like the eagles so we'll go to the Eagles game. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? That's what's necessary. If we can, yeah. we can instill some of that, you know, into our uh, into our community, our gun culture. You know, we'll we'll get the win real quick. Yeah. It, what I appreciate appreciate about you, Maj, is that uh, you don't uh, try to cover up your past. No. Right. Like that's one one place where some people will attack you personally is well, you've done some things in, in your past that uh, you're, you're maybe not proud of or whatever. But you're you're a different man now. So, right. I mean, you know, and I, I relate to that. I, I, I know people personally that have made mistakes in the past and uh, some of those mistakes, you know, st- have stayed with them in, in the form of, say, felonies, for instance, not being able to, you know, have a gun and stuff like that. Uh, but I appreciate your your uh, openness, your transparency, uh, your down to earthness, you know, and being willing to talk about these sorts of things in the way you do, man. Correct. It's because it's the internet age. That's it's, it's there. It's, what, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> it's like yeah, them tweets from twenty oh one is <laughs> they exist. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for me to say, yeah, we used to rob people. I never got caught. I'm past the statute of limitations. I, that was scumbag vibes. That's what it was. It was not my justification was, well, they dope dealers, so I could take it from them. So what? That means 
that you're saying that the war on drugs is legit. It's not. That means that you're saying that a person does the government does have the right to tell somebody what they can or cannot put in a body. If your justification is I'm stealing money from the drug dealers because they shouldn't be selling drugs. Says what? I smoke cigars. That is a cancer stick. That's what it is. You know what I'm saying? It's like a really expensive, it's a Churchill. It's the late night joint, right? It's a really <laughs> good cigar. It is tobacco. You know what I'm saying? So right. like we see people that die by the hundreds of thousands from cigars. Why why am I tripping off somebody that's oh, I justified it because he sell weed and I know he had 10 grand on him. No, it's not right. It's their personal property or their entrepreneurial spirit. They worked and they stood in that corner or drove around all day to get that and you took it from them and it's not okay. However, we justify it is how we can't grow from it. You know what I mean? Or the length that we justify it is the length of time that we don't grow from it. You know what I mean? So it's like I've, I've, I've got falsely accused of rape. That was one of the rumors about me. That's why you never see him with a gun because he's convicted of rape. Not true. Case was withdrawn. It's not true. But at a certain point, though, like I just stopped even like I'm like, all right, y'all, y'all don't really want the actual facts of the matter. Y'all just kind of like want some stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, have fun with that. I'm not going out of my way to consistently. I, I, I was. It's funny because there was a mystique that was created around it, right? And then when I went to the uh, to the White House, I was like, well, that kills that mystique. You don't get into the White House as a felon. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. Like you, they go, you go through all of these security clearances. That's what happened. You know what I'm saying? And so I had homies that had misdemeanors that they was fighting that was supposed to go down there with me. They filled out the paperwork and they was like. Yeah, no, <laughs> you're not coming into the White House. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's, uh, sure, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just be owning it. You know what I mean? And if I can own it, it's like, I, I want NRA, any organization. Yeah, we, we, we dropped the ball there. Yeah, yeah, we, we kind of dropped the ball. Okay, now instead of apologizing, I don't need an apology. I need change behavior. You know what I'm saying? So it's the same thing. I can't, what, what I don't like as a follower, I don't do as a leader. You know yeah. what I mean? And now I'm I'm a leader. And so nah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be fully transparent. Right on, man. All right. So we, we probably ought to start wrapping it up here, but uh, I wanted to ask you, because uh, actually we had several comments here. People want to know where they can uh get the uh sorry, the streaming just stopped for some reason. Let's try that again. Uh so people want to know where they can get the hoodie or t shirts. Um they can yeah, they can get the hoodies and tees on our um black guns uh, excuse me, black guns matter dot myshopify.com we on shopify so if you can't remember that uh just go to shopify.com and type in black guns matter in the uh, search engine but it's black guns matter.myshopify.com the other thing is anybody that is agreeing with me or disagreeing with me but at certain points that you agree or whatever please man if you're from the gun community donate we have been a good steward over them i ain't got a bentley i didn't spend the money on like cheese steaks you know what i'm saying like we still for this year, we're trying to raise fifty thousand dollars. We're doing twenty cities. We're adding political education, civics, um, philosophy, all that other type of type of stuff to the firearm safety and conflict resolution. Please hit our GoFundMe up. You know, what I mean, this this works because we getting that fresh blood into these muscles so we can expand. The fresh blood is urban America, understanding, so we can hit them urban centers and get them involved in this fight. But they're beginners. So a lot of times they begin as and they may not have the money to spend a hundred dollars for, you know, to come see me at a class and then go to a firearms instructor. I want them to save that money, get their head and their mind right and know exactly what they have to do in their municipality 
to get their license to carry, as well as become politically active where they're overturning, where they're taking their state back, where they like, yeah, we want the state to be constitutional carry. What, meanwhile, we're still waiting for national carry uh, reciprocity. Mm-hmm. In each state, we can still do the work on the state level. Absolutely. You know, so um, doing yeah. that type of work, that's because of y'all's donations. Um, and that's GoFundMe.com forward slash Black Guns Matter. So the shirts, BlackGunsMatter.MyShopify.com and the uh, donations, GoFundMe.com forward slash Black Guns Matter. All of you rich dudes and women, <laughs> hey, <laughs> hook it up. You know what I'm saying? We, we dropped yeah. $50,000 for, for, for this year, for 2019. Um, I think we've raised about, uh, since in the last month or so, we've raised about $8,000 towards that, you know, uh, $50,000 for the whole year for those 20 classes. So, um, nice. you know, that's how y'all can help out. So, uh, I, I, Dude, I'm gonna send some money your way, okay? Um, I don't have a lot in my pocket, but I'll send you some, <laughs> and uh, probably order a shirt or something from you too. But uh, that's cool. In fact, I don't know. Is it possible for me to place an order, and maybe you could sneak a an extra T-shirt in your bag on on, yeah, on your way to you. Vegas? Just hit me, um, on, yeah, because I'm gonna bring a few. Because you know, in Vegas, you can't do hand to hand. That's what I was doing. <laughs> Look, I was in uh the last annual meeting. Chris Cox shouts to him. He might be mad at me right now, but um. Cause I'm beating them up a little bit, just a little bit. We, you know, family fights, but, um, Chris Cox at the last NRA annual meeting, I had a suitcase full of shirts. I didn't have a booth. Right. So I like was on the side. Like I turned it into like the corner and everybody was walking up and I'm selling them t-shirts. Security comes up and I'm like, yeah, Chris Cox said I could do this completely lying. <laughs> and, uh, and so Chris Cox actually happens to walk up and I'm like, Chris, what's up? And he, he was like, yo, if we got an extra booth, give Maj your booth. So he he did that. You know what I'm saying? And I brought other people and was <laughs> like, awesome. yo, so, you know, y'all got stuff, sell it. You know, but Shot Show, though, you can't, um, you can place orders, but you can't uh, do direct sales. But yeah, I'll put some in the bag. I got you. Just let me know <laughs> I'll, y'all. I'll give you, you the money ahead of time. And then what you're, you're just giving me a gift while we're at the show, right? See? Bam. Yeah, it's a gift. It's a gift. It's not a sale. <laughs> right on, man. Matthew will be there as well. Our our whole team sure. will be there. Uh, so if we can link up and and uh, just you know uh, just chat a little bit, maybe even do we can even do something on social or on video or whatever, man. So uh, I'm down. Whatever. Cool. I'm there from uh, I think Sunday to my thing is on Wednesday. So I think I'm there Sunday to Thursday or something like that. But gotcha. either way, I'll be floating around, uh, and I'm you never sleep in Vegas at Shop Show nope. anyway. New way. <laughs> cool. Um, hey, Maj, I appreciate you doing this interview with us today. Uh, this is, I think it's been excellent. I, this was a dialogue I've been wanting to open up for some time on the podcast. Uh, in fact, you know, before I even really knew about you, we're into the, our third year on the podcast, by the way. Uh, so before I even really knew about you, I remember talking a long time ago with, uh, in fact, he may have even been from Philly or some, I feel like he was in Pennsylvania somewhere. But he's a young kid. He was like 20-something years old, and uh, you know he had a lot of the same things to share. Um, I don't know what happened to him. but uh, So anyway, this has been great to link up with you. You know, I met you at uh, Denver, Denver Gun Days. Uh, yeah, that was in, at Bristol Cone. Yes, sir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that was, that, was, that was a great little event, and you know, it was good to chat with you there. So appreciate the work you're doing. I, I think what, what we need to, as a gun community, recognize is that the work of all these, there's all these different little organizations and groups and instructors and everything, like we're all 
I think, you know, I mean, maybe we you know, we have little family fights sometimes, right? We we sometimes go a little bit different direction. But generally right. speaking, like, we're all trying to work towards the same goal, which is education, yep. which is safety, which is Second Amendment rights. And like we gotta, we gotta, we gotta keep our eye on the prize. We gotta, we gotta stay focused and come together. And I wanted to have you on the podcast so people could see a different perspective and see a different way that you're leading that fight. And so I appreciate you, man, and appreciate all you're doing. Thank y'all. I appreciate y'all. So I see y'all in Vegas. Hey, I'm bringing a gang of whiskey too. So (laughs) so we're getting twisted. (laughs) Okay, man. Well, uh, rest yeah, up, rest up a, a lot before the show, then, so that way you can, you know, go all week, you know. So for sure, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. Well, from all of us here at the Concealed Carry Podcast, and uh, thanks again, Maj, and uh, we'll catch you all on the next episode. We'll we'll be broadcasting somewhere from Shot Show. I don't. It's really hard to say exactly what the what the uh, publishing schedule is going to be like. Um, and due to the nature of internet while we're at the show, there's not going to be a podcast live on Facebook, but we'll be podcasting while we're there. We'll be doing some interviews and we'll get that stuff published. Okay. But we, we will do some, some little, you know, live snippets from the show on Facebook, on Instagram and, uh, whatnot. So anyway, uh, be following, uh, our, our feed at, uh, concealedcarry.com forward slash shot show. That's where you can see everything going on with us at the shot show and a reminder to train right, train often and train safe. So you can fight hard, fight fast and fight true. Take care. that laws vary from place to place and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws the concealed carry podcast concealed carry inc concealedcarry.com and their affiliates strive to share insights and stories about firearm related incidents and laws but things could be different where you live or laws may have changed by the time you listen to this we cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared in this podcast